Weirdo Weirdo Bookworms Unite! Unite. Do your reading tastes range from dystopian sci-fi to middle-grade fantasy? Dark psychological thrillers to gory body horror? From YA paranormal swords and sorcery? Extraterrestrials? Murder? Mayhem! And beyond! Then we want to share our love of reading with you! Welcome home. Hi, genre junkies. It's Sandra. And this is Scott. We have a science fiction. Oh, it's about (laughs) time. We have a whole science fiction for you today. (laughs) And it's like, it's just science fiction. Like, it's not sci-fi horror. It's not sci-fi dystopian fiction. It's just some science fiction. And boy, is it the kind of science fiction that I had the hankering for. This book is John Scalzi, the the prolific, the much beloved John Scalzi's The Kaiju Preservation Society, um, which is out now. It is out as you are listening to this episode. Yes. Go get it. Go get you some John Scalzi. <laughs> um, so before we talk about these kaiju, Scott, anything you want to share with the friends? You know, we ask this every single week, and I I feel like I never prepare for this. No, no, it's okay. It's just, you know, anything you want to share with people that they should be trying or or experiencing. You know what we haven't plugged in a while is the Righteous Gemstones. Oh, yeah. We finally finished, well, because the season finally finished of season two of the Righteous Gemstones. Man, don't sleep on that show. It is so good. It It is is so funny. It's dark comedy. Um... Ugh, hilarious. Lots of swearing. All-star cast. If I may say so, the final episode has some bits of humor that are not to my personal taste. <laughs> and to give you a little bit of a hint, uh, uh, Kelly of Spooky Slumber Party would also not appreciate the humor in that season finale. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's some... It kind of goes there in a, in a lot of the episodes, actually, over the past two seasons. This one was... was was. Uh, That's the second to last episode I think you're thinking of. But, uh, yeah. I had to close my eyes. Yeah. Um, I'm going to probably talk about it more on some of the other shows, but I'm very, very happy because um, Cheddar dropped a whole bunch of... French extreme horror, which is one of my favorite subgenres, and there's some favorites on there, and there's a couple I haven't seen, so I'm like just I'm absolutely giddy, I'm over the moon about it. Uh, I'll just say thank you, Shutter. I guess it buys me a little bit of time to play some video games because I will not be joining Sandra in the watching of those films. Mm, boo hiss. Okay, maybe I shouldn't have started with showing you murders. Maybe that was the mistake. <laughs> There is a video out there somewhere of me watching martyrs having a breakdown. It was it was um it was not it was not <laughs> it was a formative experience. And remember people movies are just pretend. It's okay. It's just pretend. Okay. Let's talk about some kaiju and preserving them. <laughs> You know what USA Today said about this book? Oh, I'm sorry. They actually said this about locked in, about lock-in. Scalzi has the scientific creativity of Michael Crichton. Hmm. I know, and the man is a Hugo Award winner. And I, I think I think we'll address the elephant in the room right now. Mm-hmm. This is our third Scalzi book on genre junkies. Is it really the third one? It is the third one, and um, we and. We have liked both of the of the other books that we've read by Scalzi before, but both of us have kind of had the mindset of I don't know what the what the big deal is. A little bit. Um, 
a little bit. I feel like in this one, he and I are closer to speaking the same language, but maybe I should just tell people about the book first. If you're looking for a standalone, this is a standalone, and he hasn't given one of those in a while, so just note that. When COVID-19 sweeps through New York City, Jamie Gray is stuck as a dead-end driver for food delivery apps. That is, until Jamie makes a delivery to an old acquaintance, Tom, who works at what he calls an animal rights organization. Tom's team needs a last-minute grunt to handle things on their next field visit. Jamie, eager to do anything, immediately signs on. What Tom doesn't tell Jamie is that the animals his team cares for are not here on Earth, not our Earth at least. In an alternate dimension, massive dinosaur-like creatures named kaiju roam a warm, human-free world. They're the world's largest and most dangerous panda, and they're in trouble. (laughs) (laughs) It's not just the Kaiju Preservation Society who have found their way to the alternate world. Others have too, and their carelessness could cause millions back on Earth to die. So, this is... I think the first time Mr. Scalzi and I have been on really the same page as far as pacing, theme, humor, and heart, and also subject matter. Like, mm-hmm. we, like we just really, like, and that's not, like, I don't mean that as, like, a, a critique of him. It's just, you know, y- you got to pair up at the right time sometimes with authors. Yes. I do have one thing that really disappointed me in this book oh my but i kind of i've been going back and forth on this and i think i'm gonna save it for the spoiler section okay um but that all being said i i found this book to be an absolute page turner um i found it very sweet and heartfelt and sentimental i love animals i love all animals um kaiju would be no exception i also i'm not any sort of a kaiju expert but i do really like kaiju um and this book was f- just funny and smart, very clever. Uh, I fell in love with all of the human characters in it. It's this beautiful, diverse cast because it's people from all over the world. Um, yeah, I mean, generally, Paige Turner, I'm very happy about it. I would have to say if this this book is the definition of Paige Turner. Uh, in the dictionary, this book is next to it. It's really fun. It's pretty short, too. It's not it's, a long book. It's not very long. It's fascinating. Um, there's uh, Scalzi does that, that fun thing in science fiction that I kind of like, where he gives you enough information, enough science-y stuff to bring you along without, you know... You know, while making it fantastical at the same time, uh, that I really, that I really like. The other thing about this book that works so well and made it a page turner for me, it's you know, for those of us out there, and I think I, I, I think most people do this who like kind of develop stories or settings in their head, especially people who uh, you know who DM for mm-hmm. Dungeons and Dragons and stuff. When you're thinking up scenarios and settings and world building in your head, you kind of have this like one thing builds on top of another and you kind of have like, it's almost like character lectures. Mm-hmm. Maybe, maybe it's just me. This book is written like that. It's like every chapter is kind of like a cool new well, if this is true, then then this is kind of the next step, and this is what people would do, and this is what the job would look like. And I right. I found that really fun. And then you know it's leading towards a uh, you know a climax, a, right. a, a a plot point that's you know 
that's also really fun and right. and exciting. Yeah, it's a great page turner. It's um you can it's really funny how the organization is set up. It's very much like a lot of places I've worked for <laughs> and maybe, you know, uh-huh, like yeah. you have to like I mean, obviously not at like caring for kaiju, unfortunately, but um because I would still be there, but like with um I don't know, just like the orientation process and how things work and you know, the the facility maintenance people i don't know it's just like it's really funny because um he brings all those familiar things from our world to this world it's of course contemporary um takes place very recently during the (laughs) start of the pandemic Mm -hmm. um it's not super heavy into the pandemic though if that's kind of like turning you off of certain books right now um it's just like there's things like there there is the pandemic that is happening and it's affecting people's lives and jobs and it's kind of how Jamie gets wrapped into this whole thing it's it's a it's a good setup for how it all happens but it doesn't like dwell in it Jamie is our eyes and ears and our narrator in this book as we go on this journey of being laid off and having to take a new job, which has happened to me twice. <laughs> and, um, you know, just kind of going to this kind of fantastic place. And Jamie's a great proxy for that because Jamie is a reader, is a nerd, like all of us, right? Like um, all sorts of nerddom Jamie dabbles in. But so it makes it feel very much like it could be one of us, going into into this world and also as um mr scalzi has done before jamie is not assigned a gender in this book there's also another character in the book who is decidedly non-binary but um jamie just um it just isn't addressed it's something that you and i both missed when we read head on many moons ago Um, it maybe would have been something that we would have caught if we started with lock in the first book in the series that's true we skipped the line um and Scalzi, you will not fool me again. <laughs> I think it's a really neat trick that he's able to pull, and and he's really um he's really kind of perfected in a way. He does it very very well. Um, I I, I get what you mean when you say trick, but it's uh, there's nothing malicious about it. Oh, there's yeah. nothing tricky about it. Like it's it's just um it, it's just, it's kind of a message cuz it makes you think about you know why does every thing every character every person need to be assigned a gender and it, they don't <laughs> and um i think it's a great illustration of um accepting all sorts of people from all sorts of walks of life i think it's important both on a, on a messaging level like you're saying that you know people don't need to be assigned a gender um, but even outside of the messaging, what I think is really neat about that about that um, that skill that Scalzi has developed is it. I feel like it also allows you to relate to the character even more. Mm-hmm. You don't have this like I, I think you and I we you and I discussed this a little bit before we recorded. I you know my head assigned Jamie as a female. And in my head, I was picturing Jamie more male. Yeah. Well, and like, I, and even then it's just more, more mask. Like I wouldn't even say yeah. male, just I like more mask. Agree. And, yeah. and, and to be clear, this isn't, if this was a situation where Jamie used they, them pronouns, 
I don't even think this would be a discussion that would yeah. be appropriate to have. I think it's, I mean, just like with, I, I would assume, just like with the lock-in series, there will probably be two versions of this audiobook. Right, right, yeah. Uh, and I think that that's really neat. I think that that's really neat. I, I, I really like that. And I, and I love I love Jamie. Oh, I adore Jamie. They lift I, things. They lift things. Um, Jamie, um, I would absolutely be friends with Jamie and so many other characters in this book. Um, I have a soft spot for Neve, who's the other mm-hmm. non-binary character. Um, they're from Ireland and they're very funny. They are very. <laughs> but every everybody's funny. Everybody's delightful. Something that I do remember about Scalzi's writing in the past as well that is very much on display here is there's kind of a there's kind of a lighthearted banter that's that that comes between the characters mm-hmm. where there's just kind of a a friendliness and kind of a little bit of a uh little bit of taking the piss out of each other and mm-hmm. uh would make for a really good script oh i see what you mean no i agree i totally agree um it's also fun because jamie and the roommates they're all noobs (laughs) at the same time so they're all learning everything at the same time with us and that you know kind of bonds them together because they're like the new boots you know yeah yeah uh actually you know what as we were talking another thing that kind of bummed me out i remembered so there's two little little bummers in this book that um that i will mention in the spoiler section because one of them is absolutely unequivocally a spoiler so i don't want to say that um how about appeal i think that this book appeals to a broad uh, a broad audience oh absolutely very broad very broad i mean i I question about I I I reserve mass a little bit mm-hmm. because I think that it's you know when I when I look at sci-fi for the masses I think Jurassic Park which this has <laughs> similarities to and yet um and yet is very very different right it uh I think that this is more of a of a of a love letter to a certain type of reader um a voracious reader. Mm-hmm. I don't think that this is the one book that someone reads all year, but I think if you are a reader, this is this is a must read and it's just it's like a hug. It's like a hug. It's very much a hug type of book. Um like it's sweet, it has a lot of heart, and I cannot underscore how much I laughed at this book. I was laughing out loud constantly and jamie particularly is very dry and has this kind of sarcasm that i found very appealing like that i just related to extremely um (laughs) so with the food delivering uh, (laughs) jamie's title is a deliverator (laughs) oh i love the references yeah um Oh my God, my brain said, just walk away. Walk away and never admit that someone knows you're delivering shame. <laughs> um, just things, and yes, things de- like that. Deliverator is a reference very hilariously to Snow Crash, <laughs> the classic science fiction book, which I am going to make Sandra read one day. I've never read Snow Crash, and it's not that I've not wanted to, it's just one of those things. Um, yeah, and there's a funny Jurassic Park reference in this book, too, speaking of that. Um, yeah, I think if you're looking for something fun, funny, um, heartfelt, but also 
I would say strong science fiction. For sure. This ticks all of those boxes, and and I really recommend reading it. I really do. Even though I have my gripes, that's, well, I mean, you can have gripes and it doesn't, you know, mean don't like something, but just choices that I wish had been taken, mm-hmm. but um, still an absolute recommendation for me. One more thing before we go to the spoiler section, I want to talk a little bit about Scalzi himself and, yeah. and even more how it affects this book. Uh, even though, like, you know, the first book of the Interdependency series we read and it was, it was good, but didn't really ring with us. And then Head On was a great idea, but was just kind of cool, but didn't get it. Scalzi is an incredible Twitter follow mm. and his articles on his website are really great. He's very yes. fun. He's, he's, he's very great. funny. Yes. He's, uh, and this book and I don't know if there very well may be other books by him that are like this, but this book takes that personality that I really, really like about him mm-hmm. and distills it onto the page, Yes, which is what I was really looking for in the other books that I've read by him. And I'm right. just very excited to finally feel like I got that, to right. really get what I felt was Scalzi, the the Twitter person, at least. I've yeah. never met the man in person as, you know, Scalzi, the writer. And um, so that it's actually true for both of us then that this was, I think, where we all kind of matched up a lot more mm-hmm. with our with our personalities and our likes and what we were seeking from from the books. But so uh, you didn't really you kind of didn't really say, though, did you love this book? Like, how do you feel about this? I love this book. Thank you. I'm kind of like, where's Barry in the lead here? I really want to. I really like. Okay. Not every book needs to make a movie. And I'm not saying like, oh, it's good. So I really want a movie. <laughs> I want a movie of this. Yeah. I think I think the characters are great. The setting is great. Um, he does a lot to play with the ideas around kaiju, including some kind of rare ones, mm. too. You know what I mean? Like, like there's everyone knows Godzilla. But there's other ones, including Godzilla remakes and, you know, even, you know, kaiju in movies like Pacific Rim and Pacific Rim Ghostbusters. Yeah, these are all referenced a little yeah. bit too, yeah. And there's these ideas that that have existed in these movies in the past that maybe only existed in one that Scalzi still manages to include and expound upon in a way that's that's very fun and very interesting and creative. Yes, uh I'm glad. I kind of knew you would absolutely adore this book. Um recommend it to our friends. 100% all right. Now, if you want to hear what I was a little sad about, <laughs> join us in the spoiler section. But I think at the end of the day, you can tell we really just want you to read this book and have the delightful time that we did. Hey, Bookworm Buddy, don't forget, subscribe, rate, and review. And while you're at it, find us on Instagram at Genre Junkies. So, Sandra... I can't think of anything that made me sad in this story. There, yes. I mean, there, there were. I, I can't think of a decision that I was like. I really think it was important that it went a different way. I'm curious. Sure. What What disappointed you? Okay. So, and this is um, both of these could be a me thing. Obviously, reading a book is a very personal experience, oh. and you want things to be. A certain way based on your tastes or where you're at in your life. So many factors yeah. go into making a book an emotional experience. For me, 
this is probably not going to come as a shock to you and other people who've known me a really long time through this podcast. I love my description. I love my description. And I feel we hardly got descriptions of kaiju. And I am very interested in monsters. Like I said, I'm not any sort of an expert, but I do enjoy kaiju. And I feel like I just didn't get shown enough kaiju. And I get the whole point isn't just the kaiju, but it's like I wanted to know even more about the color, the texture, the shape of them. Did it look like, like the closest we get is probably Bella, but even then I'm like, tell me more about the color of Bella. Tell me more about the shape of Bella. Is Bella like totally like an eight-pointed star or does Bella have a little stamen at the bottom? Like, you know what I mean? Tell me more about the parasites what exactly did these parasites look like and i know that there's probably a choice there to maybe leave things up to interpretation but i wanted to go on a ride and just have these incredible creatures painted for me i really wanted to feel like i knew each kaiju intimately (laughs) it's funny because i remember this is a complaint that you had with with scalzi's previous books as well and it is kind of something where where you and he split as far as style you gotta show me i want to see it and i can and and that is actually where i would normally expect to split from scalzi as well but in a different respect Mm -hmm. um Scalzi has a way of writing science fiction where he kind of hand waves some of the sciencey stuff where it's like, you know, I could describe this whole thing and do a whole treatise on exactly like how the science works. Or I could just say it works because weird. Yeah. And that's the way it is. And I do really typically enjoy a science fiction story where it like really goes into why it works. Same for me, I uh, think. But that doesn't that that doesn't seem to be Scalzi's style. Yeah. And in the case of describing the kaiju, the more that he were to describe the kaiju, mm-hmm. the more he would have to explain how the kaiju works. And a lot of that was hand waved away because they didn't really know how the kaiju worked. I guess there was so much know. of it's like there's no there's no analog to our world on why they're able to be so big, how they're basically kind of a a ball of different organisms in a symbiotic relationship. Well, I mean, he does um, explain this with the square cube law. Yeah. So, um, but no, I mean, like, we know that, we know, they know a good amount about the kaiju. I mean, like, they've been doing this for a while. Oh, yeah. They know they're like in more of an ecosystem than an animal. Um, no, I, I think it was, I, I think it was more of a choice that maybe he wanted us to fill in the blanks with what we thought the kaiju mm-hmm. looked like. But um, yeah, I just, I wanted I wanted him to tell me. I really wanted him to tell me. Um, I, I did have like I did have trouble uh, imagining Bella. I will admit that. You know what I ended up kind of seeing Bella as is um, in the uh, Suicide Squad, the second one. Oh yeah, it's kind of like that. But I, I mean, I want, I, I don't want to see Bella as that. I want to see Bella as what John Scalzi sees Bella. <laughs> um, yeah, and some of the times when he waves things away um i love it because i think he knows like much like the gambler when to hold them when to fold them yes well there's a part when they're in the helicopter we all screamed and sadie did a thing and our helicopter did another thing and somehow we got past (laughs) edward 
<laughs> and it's like, that's perfect because Jamie would not necessarily know or was freaking out or maybe had their eyes clamped shut. So it's like, <laughs> it's okay. What I think is funny about that in particular is I know, we know authors that we've talked to that that's kind of how they write their first draft. Like, I'm not going to I'm not going to spend the next 2 days figuring out exactly how this action sequence works. Th- something happens, something happens, they get out of it and they move on to the rest of the story, right? Yes. And they fill that out when they're when they're going through a second or the third draft. I kind of like the idea that Scalzi's like, "You know what? I'm okay with that." Yeah. I'm okay with that. I um I really appreciated the jabs um, at the large adult presidential sons that wanted to <laughs> hunt one. There's just some great fun little jabs in this book. And it's like, yeah, maybe we should have let him. And, you know, kind of this notion that we've all, quote, unquote, we, you know, people have known about the Kaiju Preservation Society, known about all of this, but um, it's very under wraps but kind of like the elites know about it and stuff. Like, I don't know. There was just things that, I don't know. It, it made it all feel more real for me. And it's one of those things too, where, it, it, you know, if we found out that there was some alien conspiracy, there are people who have come out who have said they're alien conspiracies. And most people, well, even, I believe. Well, even though we all know that aliens are real and they have visited the earth and there yeah. is a giant conspiracy, the people yes. who come out and say that it's true, most people look at them and go, uh, you're kind of crazy or you're just looking for popularity or money or whatever the case may be. Right. It's the kind of same thing. Yeah, a lot of people know about the kaijus, but they can't exactly go out there and say, hey, there's an alternate universe with kaijus that something right. comes over. And for most people, it's like, oh, okay, can you explain it Could then? you imagine yeah. if Eric Trump went on TV and said that? Be like, oh my God. Cool, Eric. It'd be like, he got hit in the head. Like, yeah, we wouldn't like believe it, right? Um, yeah, it certainly it seals the deal. And then when the people that go over there, our beloved characters, are so likable and relatable, it all just makes it, mm-hmm. uh, you know, a lot more too. So you want to know the other part that made me sad? I do. This is a choice. This is a choice. I was not happy that Jamie didn't take the promotion. I was very upset on Jamie's behalf. Um, <laughs> I love Jamie. We're very close. <laughs> um. I think that Tom would have wanted Jamie to take that position. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that Jamie deserves that promotion. I think Jamie doesn't, Jamie, you know, puts it like, you know, I would just be kind of like moving into it or whatever, but I'm like, you deserve this because you're really, really good at this. And you're really good at like what it is that this job entails. And it just, it made me, Emotional. And there's nothing wrong with lifting of things, the job that Jamie had. There's not a darn thing wrong with it. And I appreciate that Jamie ended up recruiting somebody that they think would be really good for the job. And and that softened the blow for me. Mm-hmm. But I was, I wanted Jamie to have that job. I think, I, I don't disagree with you. I think the message that Scalzi was trying to get across was... You know, you don't always have to be, you know, trying to climb the ladder. If you find something that you enjoy doing, keep doing it. And I appreciate that. I, I do really too. do. I do too. Uh, at the same time, it doesn't necessarily feel that that message is earned because Jamie really did set their sights high. Um, Jamie left college early because, you know, they wanted to, you know, 
be successful. And it could be argued that that's the the that that's what put Jamie in the situation that they were put in. Maybe you know that wasn't what they wanted to be doing. Uh, you know, was playing the game. Maybe that's why mm-hmm. you know things didn't work out. At the same time, it's okay to have that drive and to it's okay to want to you know to want to want to climb the ladder right and and like again there's nothing wrong with jamie's job not a darn thing wrong with it and i'm very happy that jamie is happy doing it um it what it kind of made me feel the, the way that it left me feeling was again like this friend this person that i love jamie like almost like not believing in themselves or something or thinking they didn't earn it or something like that and uh, it just bummed me out it just bummed me out because i just i i i was kind of like as soon as tom passed away i was like oh that really sucks because i like tom a lot but oh jamie you're gonna rock at this you know like Mm -hmm. like i was ready for jamie to rock that job Uh, it's just a choice that i I didn't quite, we just didn't quite see eye to eye on it, John and I, at the end of the day. And despite the fact that she was manipulated by a master manipulator, I don't think that Kanisha has really actually done anything to earn that forgiveness so quickly. (laughs) Like, maybe, maybe Kanisha should deliver meals to Jamie for the next three months like Jamie had to do for John. Um, I mean for Tom. For yeah. T- yeah, for for Tom. Like maybe maybe a little bit more forgiveness is necessary. And again, Kanisha could be great for the position. I just don't know her like I know Jamie. Yeah. So but again, thought it was sweet. I thought it softened the blow. Jamie has a lot of great character moments in this, including when they take Tom down to like the the crabs and and of course, you know, getting um uh, the the canister fired into the uh-huh. you know, there's so many moments where Jamie just has um a lot of cleverness and a lot of wit um and a lot of heart. It really just makes you just love that character so so much something else about the book is it's such a little thing yeah but something else that i thought was really neat is so many of these stories like okay they're on a six-month tour right or in in this story okay in hogwarts (laughs) all of the crazy all the crazy stuff happens at the very end of the school year you know what i mean okay all this crazy stuff happens we 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 defeat the big bad this year. Uh, we get rid of the defense of the dark arts teacher, and then we, you know, go home for the year. Right? Mm-hmm. I really liked that all of this happened in like the first two months of the six months. Yeah, it's really fun. And then it's just like, yeah. and then the rest of it was just sort of like, I, you know, we just went back to work, yeah. and it was pretty uneventful. We all waited for something else to happen, and nothing else happened. It's like that's real life, right that there. That is real that's life. Real life. Um. Uh, another Jamie moment that I don't want to forget about is when Jamie puts her hand on Bella when they've crossed over and is like giving Bella comfort because this was all about we're preserving the kaiju. We love them. And Bella didn't deserve this. Bella oh. didn't ask for this. Oh my God. That guy, Sanders, fucking hate him. God, he's awful. He's the worst. He is the worst. I mean, I think everybody knew that Sanders was going to end up being the one who did <laughs> yes. something yes yes <laughs> which you know there's a simple there's a simple there's a there's a joy in that kind of simplicity in a story yeah absolutely there is no there absolutely is um 
But yeah, uh, a lovely book. I loved John's um, afterward too. Yeah, about the process and you know, kind of writing this grueling kind of brutal book, and then just being like, um, maybe later. <laughs> and big, and I really, I feel as I'm sure you do too, what he was talking about when he says, what is he if he's not reliable? Mm. He's never been late for a deadline for right. a book. Yeah. And he's basic. he has a book due in a week and he's like, I'm not writing this book. Yeah. <laughs> That's rough. Yeah, I, f- I related to that. Props to his editor, props to, you know, Tor for saying, okay. Yeah, we trust you. 2020 was a heck of a year. Yeah. And, uh, and props to him for having the strength to do that. That's very hard. It is. You very, have very to, hard. You have to have, you know, sincerity and confidence. And I can just imagine I would feel very, um, I know that feeling. Everybody knows that feeling where you just feel warm and hot. And it's like it's dripping down you because you have to have basically a confrontation you don't want to have about like your, you know, what your your work is yeah. yeah but we also all know the feeling of of being on the other side of that afterwards like you finally confront it you accept it you do the work to you know tell people this isn't going to happen right and then when it's done having that relief and sudden energy and inspiration afterwards uh-huh. that is what's on the other side of it it's funny the afterward is really where the message is in this book yeah no absolutely I agree. Uh, and it's inspiring honestly it is very inspiring and again very relatable um so there you have it the kaiju preservation society i wish the kaiju all the best it's kind of like the new letter to hogwarts i wouldn't mind getting a job offer from KPS. Of course, I'd have to take Scott with me. What are we going to do with all these pets? So maybe it's not a great choice for our lifestyle. But um, yeah, a beautiful, fun, imaginative read. Uh, thank you, John Scalzi. I'm glad that, you know, we met in the middle. <laughs> we finally got there and I'm very happy, very happy about it. Thank you, John. Thank you, Mr. Scalzi. This is... This was really what I needed right now. Uh, it's a book that I would have needed in the beginning of 2022. It would have been nice. It would have been nice, John. Um, no pressure. I'm not <laughs> saying it's just, just, just <laughs> joking. We're just see where it's a cult. We're being. We're being. It's just funny. And uh, I'm going to give this. I, th- I think I'm just going to score this on Godzilla's. Sure. How many Godzilla's? And I am going to give this book four Godzilla's out of five. It's a lot of fun. It's it's kind of a it's kind of a hug. Yeah. It's just it's just a great fun book. I'm gonna give mine three Godzillas and a Godzilla egg. <laughs> so it's about a three and a half out of five uh, for a time well spent and well enjoyed. A couple of things that just are a little bit you know that I wish had gone a different way, but it's not like I regret reading this book or didn't enjoy it. So yeah, so I will just, I will, I will take my extra Godzilla egg and go sit on it till it hatches. (laughs) (laughs) All right, everybody. I've been Sandra. I've been Scott. Please keep reading past your bedtime. (laughs) 